Welcome to Fresh Takes on Tech. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Innovation for the International Fresh Produce Association. On the podcast, we get to hear from people that are shaping the produce industry with solutions to our biggest problems. Join me as we uncover the opportunities and advancements shaping the future of produce through a tech lens. Welcome to Fresh Takes on Tech, where insight meets innovation. Hello, welcome to our final episode in our six-part series of Green Packaging. If you haven't heard the other episodes, please go back and check them out. We've had great conversations on global packaging regulations, PLU stickers, which is everybody's favorite, innovative packaging for produce and life cycle analysis, and more. So today, to finish the season, we have two IFPA superstars who have extensive experience in green packaging. With me is Max, the CTO of International Fresh Produce Association, and Tamara, who's the Director of Sustainability. Welcome, and it's great to have you both on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Likewise, thank, thank you, you for having us. Sure. All right, Max, let's start with you. This season on green packaging is supported in part by a grant from USDA FAS. Can you tell us a little bit about the grant, its purpose, and what IFPA is doing? Certainly. Thank you, Ani. I'm excited to be back. I'm, I appreciate the encore. This grant is funded by the program that is called Technical Assistance for Specialty Crops and was put in place in the Farm Bill because it recognizes the importance of investment of federal dollars into addressing technical barriers to trade. And as you know, we discussed in this podcast, there are a lot of technical barriers around the world right now that are associated with packaging and reusable packaging, sustainable packaging. And as an organization, as a trade association representing a diverse supply chain, we wanted to make sure that we have all tools available to our growers. And IFPA, working with our colleagues at the Illinois Institute of Technology, and also Wintermute, and I'll come back to Wintermute in just a minute, applied for this grant. And um, the idea is that if we want to get ready for reusable packaging, we really need to think through the food safety implications and phytosanitary implications of reusable packaging, which means that when a used container travels back to the United States, for example, from overseas, it needs to be treated. And disinfected to remove human pathogens and also uh, pathogens of phytosanitary concern. This is a great coalescence of uh, multiple IFPA programs. As you know, Wintermute was a company in the accelerator, the IFPA Technology Accelerator, which you run. And the idea when we started the accelerator was to identify companies in other industries that have exciting, innovative solutions that can be beneficial to the industry. And it just so happens that Wintermute had a solution for reusing glass bottles. And it's a grass or generally recognized as safe spray to disinfect glass bottles. And you know, we asked, why can't it be used in the uh, fresh produce industry to disinfect surfaces that work for us? So this is the genesis, a long answer to a very short question. But what we're doing with the podcast is part of this conversation. So not only we're helping facilitating development of this technology, we're also bringing the awareness to the industry about changes in the regulations, about the new, exciting, innovative technologies, and what else is in the market. So I was so thrilled to listen to the PLU podcast and learn about um, compostable solutions. Very exciting to hear about the um, reusable packaging, 
Speaking of reusable packaging, your conversation with uh, Jared from Simply Good Jars, because I think they were one of the pioneers in the reusable packaging space. So that's why we're doing this, and we want to bring these solutions to the industry so that they can truly take advantage of all the tools available to them. Great. Thanks. Tamara, as Director of Sustainability, you touch sustainability in many, many different ways, but how do you engage specifically with our members around green packaging and what are some of the examples of things that members are doing? Green packaging and sustainable packaging is one of the focus areas of sustainability at IFPA, but it's also one of the most important topics. Everyone wants to talk about green and sustainable packaging. In fact, we have a working group specifically devoted to um, sustainable packaging where members of our association have a forum, have a place to look for solutions and share best management practices as well as legislation. So some of the examples of what people are doing, well, first of all, many of our members in the whole space are very keen on knowing the evolution of regulations around the world on on packaging, because that's really driving the conversation. So that's going very, very fast. And then technology is, in this case, following behind or trying to catch up with those regulations. So there's a, it's, there are different speeds happening. And so companies are adapting to those changes and finding opportunities there. So some companies are investing in upping up their recycled content of their packaging. Some of them are looking for more recyclable packaging. Others are looking for compostable packaging. And some few, though, are looking for reusable packaging, like the examples that Max was giving. And those were the four main categories where our companies are looking for solutions and packaging companies also looking for innovating in that space. So you've been at this for a little while within IFPA. And have, have you seen the interest grow? Because I, in my conversation with Adam from Brian Christie, which was the first podcast of this series, he talked a lot about the changes that are happening in other parts of the world that he felt that U.S. wasn't paying attention to and, and that it was going to become a real trade issue when these rules were put in place and then suddenly we couldn't export anymore. So are you seeing, are you seeing a, an increased interest and in, in people realizing they need to make some changes here in the U.S.? Yes. Yeah, so I think that the citizens, people, us, right, are very concerned about the amount of plastic out there as waste and how, you know, and how to manage it and how to use it, et cetera. So there's a, there's a huge focus on plastic. And in waste in general, right? In plastic waste. With that, governments are reacting to that. The European Union is the most advanced in their legislation, followed by other countries like New Zealand or Canada. And in the United States, not a lot is happening at the federal level. It's happening more at the state level. So California, for example, is moving further than other states, Maine, perhaps there a little bit too. So in the U.S., legislation is not as advanced, but in the end, this is a global market. So everyone is really paying attention to every country because they sell to those countries or because they know that whatever is happening there, it will happen here in this, this side of the Atlantic. So yes, yeah, so everybody's very, very tuned. And also legislation is changing extremely fast. 
Mm. In fact, one of the issues that we have with the sustainable packaging working group is that we need to have meetings more often because legislation is changing so fast that we need to adapt to it and, and see what's happening and how to, where do we put our efforts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a great point that Tamara is bringing up that our industry is global and our industry trades and, you know, a commodity that is so perishable and seasonal, you know, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to have best fruits and vegetables that are in season. We have the trade north, south, east, west, but also how do we ensure that uh, produce is of the best quality? And packaging is one of the options. We also cannot sacrifice the efforts that the industry has made over the last decade in the food safety space. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this commitment to the consumers that we provide the safest product in the world. For some of the categories, for example, packaging is the only solution. If we think about fresh cut, either fruits or vegetables, you know, these are, these don't undergo any additional treatment once consumers bring them home. And we're watching regulation in the United Kingdom where they intend all of the fresh cut to go into bulk bins. And um, yes, salad bars are great, but how do we scale them up? And would that also mean a decrease in uh, SKUs? Would it mean that there's only, you know, one type of salad per grocery store and that's all you get? And how do we ensure food safety when fresh cut is sold in bulk? You know, imagine a scenario when, you know, a consumer brings a Tupperware container from home, whether they washed it or not, this container set in their trunk of their car for a few hours in the heat, and the consumer comes to a big, you know, bin with pre-cut and Scoops instead, of it using, out. <laughs> you know, instead of using a clamshell that's already there, you yeah. know, single use, they're reusing the packaging. They scoop out some, they wait, they decide that they got too much, then they dump it back out. I think we have to be really careful to balance out the food safety considerations and waste considerations. But I, I promise you, nobody wakes up thinking, how can I generate more waste, Right. right? How can we leverage technological innovation to balance out both the food safety, the food quality, uh, food loss and food waste concerns with elimination of the packaging waste? And another concern that I think is clear to our industry is based on the USDA data, up to 70% of fresh produce is lost to waste past harm gate. So 70%, that's an incredible amount. So if we go to bulk sales, if we go to no packaging, what would that do to the food loss and food waste? And what would that do to prices? What would that do to the carbon footprint of our industry? And what would it do to the land use, right? So there are exciting innovations. And certainly compostable packaging is one of them. PLU stickers, compostable PLU stickers is an option to completely eliminate packaging, right? If we use PLU stickers, you know, consumer brings a reusable bag from home, loads it up with as many apples or oranges as they want. No need for packaging altogether. We're also seeing the mesh bags being made out of cellulose and compostable fibers. So that's another exciting innovation. So it's a, it's an interesting conversation. It's a treacherous conversation right now because there are so many landmines that we need to be able to negotiate, understand, educate the industry. And also, quite frankly, encourage the governments around the world to invest into recyclable infrastructure. Because, for example, right now, what we're seeing in Canada 
is it's a burden on the producers to know which provinces have what infrastructure for recycling. And then based on the availability of that infrastructure, they will label containers differently. So how about we challenge governments around the world to make infrastructure for recycling broadly available and make it easy to recycle and truly recycle it instead of you know shipping it to uh, China, Vietnam to get it dumped in the ocean. <laughs> That's not right. recycling. Which they don't want to do anymore. They don't want to take it. Well, there's a lot of really great points in there. I think a couple of things I'd say. One on the the PLU stickers, a lot of people really hate them, and we've talked about that. You know that people are annoyed by them, but when you when you realize that you know nature does a really good job of packaging an orange and an apple. You know it's got a nice covering on it, and so why put that in plastic? So that, you know, the stickers are are really a great solution for that. Tomorrow, I was going to ask you on the point that Max made on this intersection between food safety and sustainability. And I mean, it is a huge issue. And, and we, we as the produce industry are responsible for keeping people safe. And we're also responsible of not wanting to make more waste. And so how do you think about from a sustainability point of view, kind of that intersection between food safety and sustainability? So sustainability and food safety are not always best friends because sometimes in, in it's, it goes beyond packaging. It also goes at, it also happens at the farm level. Some of the regulations or rules around food safety have some implications to, to sustainability. So I think that instead of being enemies, we need to find a good, a good solution for the two. The two need to coexist, right? We need good food safety, but we also have to manage uh, fields, but also packaging in a sustainable way. And I think that it, that is the biggest challenge, right? For fresh produce, food safety is front and center to our industry, right? Because it's human health and we need to focus on that. And then how do we assure that that happens? while we have sustainable packaging. So that is the, the challenge, the big challenge. And I don't think there's an easy solution right now. And that's why we need more investment in innovation. I would love for all of those governments that are putting so many regulations on, on sustainable packaging, which are have the best of intentions to also put them together with funding for innovation for sustainable packaging because money coming from governments and also from private institutions onto innovating sustainable packaging, I think is the way to go. We need much more than we have today because you were giving a good example with the PLU stickers and now, um, Vonnie, you're an expert on PLU stickers. (laughs) (laughs) And so, (laughs) yes. And so who thought of PLU stickers until yesterday? And then, wow, you know, (laughs) it's all you can think about. And when you think about PLU stickers, oh, so wonderful. Okay. That's the solution. Well, wait a minute. Where, where is the issue there for sustainability is in the glue, right? right. And so we need to it's really have... hard to find a solution to that. Exactly. Because this is the way it goes. The best it, a product performs, sometimes the worst it is for the environment in this respect, right? So if a glue is fantastic for the PLU to stick to the fruit, it's also very hard to decompose. And that is where innovation needs to happen. And that's where I would like to see more investment there so we can find solutions. 
So Max, where do you think innovation is going to come from for packaging solutions or our PLU adhesives? I mean, where, where does it come from and how do we help push it forward? So I was listening to Mara and, you know, I'm fascinated by this sort of the, the, the twin thinking that there's the food safety twin and then the uh, sustainability twin and they're sometimes friends, sometimes not so much. So how do we make sure that both of them are moving in the same direction of increasing consumption? Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our food is safe, it's sustainably produced, consumers are excited about it. And oh, by the way, there is bottom line in sustainability because one of the reasons why the industry is so excited about sustainability is because they can truly cut costs. And how do we help them do it? So one of the questions that I shared with you, we were pondering is, the reverse supply chain. For example, if we're thinking about uh, reusable packaging, what does the reverse supply chain look like? And I loved your conversation with Jared from Simply Good Jars because they were one of the pioneers. They thought about it. You know, they went out on a limb and they tested it. And, you know, there are a lot of great lessons to learn in that experiment. Yeah. So how can we scale it? How do you scale it? It's a big question. How do you scale it? And we have been working with scientists that are in the AI space to try to just unthink and rethink the river supply chain. Because, you know, we sort of mostly kind of figured out the forward supply chain for the product, but now we have to, and some people would disagree that we figured it out, but the reverse supply chain of empty packaging, primary, tertiary, secondary packaging, how do we make it efficient? And how do we minimize the carbon footprint of, you know, moving empty packaging? Or, you know, do we load it up with something else? I think that's reusable packaging is probably one of the options. Certainly compostable materials that are coming in the market, they are exciting, innovative, and you know, with new biomaterials or bio-inspired materials, there is a great opportunity there. We also just finished a special issue in current opinions on biotechnology, working with a USDA scientists. In that issue, we looked at the totality of efforts to reduce food loss and food waste. It's the new breeding technologies, for example. Bayer introduced this new tomato variety, and tomatoes, they stay on the, you know, on the raceme, on the stock, and they don't easily come off. It's an existing, you know, mutation in tomatoes. It's traditionally bred. Some of the older heirloom varieties, they have that mutation naturally. So they introduced it into more, into newer cherry varieties of tomatoes. And basically you don't need packaging because you pick up the entire stem of tomatoes and you can't shake them off easily until you bring them home. And then you have to make an effort to pluck them off the line. So that's, you know, an exciting opportunity for plant breeding to help rethink packaging. And, you know, we have no option but to think outside the box. So plant breeding, biomaterials, Edible microbiomes, we've talked about them for the longest time. What role can they play in protecting the product from you know, decay and uh, decomposition? And certainly, in some cases, like I mentioned, the fresh cut, we have no option but to package them. We just need to think about innovative types of packaging. And certainly our members, last year at the show, I was so excited to walk by the packaging innovation display. Many, many, many our members who sell salads and, and fresh cut in retail, they already have compostable packaging options. 
So that's an opportunity. Unfortunately, in some countries, compostable packaging is banned because they claim that consumers can't tell the difference between compostable and reusable packaging. But come on, we need, we need to have options. And compostable packaging has to be an option on the table. Tomorrow, I want to ask you about looking at the whole life cycle of the product. And I know with like compostable in talking to Wyatt Massey from Taylor, and, and he's done a lot of work on really looking at, you know, consumers might think, you know, some kind of fiber-based packaging is better. But when you look at when you look at the whole life cycle and how much water did you use to grow that fiber and, and that it may not be that sustainable. So when you think about the whole life cycle in the, the circular economy of some of these packagings, how do you think about it? And, and it, it's one of these things that's so complicated and you're never going to sit down with a consumer and say, well, you might think that's better, but let me tell you about all of this other stuff you need to worry about. So how do you think about that and how do members talk about the whole life cycle of a, of a product? That is the nature of the sustainability professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all, the answer is always, it's not that simple. And it's it not, exactly, that is exactly right. And I feel that the answer is always, it's so complicated, right? <laughs> and so, so we need to, a life cycle, it just, you take all the pieces out and look at them each by each one by one, right? From, you know, the birth of the product, you know, while it's being used, the supply chain, and, and then when it reaches the end of life. Yes. So the answer is simple. It's, it's not that simple. So it has to be looked closely and just to make it uh, matters more complex. For example, in the U.S., waste is managed by private companies. And then, so each company is different. So every municipality will have different rules. And when that waste is sold to be recycled or to be transformed, it's sold to different companies that have different technologies, etc. So it further complicates things. And this happens differently in different countries. So when it comes to is compostable better than, than others, it just really does depend. And also compostable materials cannot always be used for fresh product, for fresh produce. For example, I can think of many fruits and vegetables that are grown in the field at high temperatures. And most compostable packaging today would not be able to withstand the amount of UV radiation or the high temperatures at which the fruit is being picked. And so it's only used for some uses and some particular products. I think that even though the, the plants with which it's sourced out of, they could use better management, but I think compostable materials have, have a great future. Just the technology needs to be perfected. The material needs to be sourced in a more sustainable way. One, of course, but we, the end of life for the most part is safer than most other products because we know that Right now, plastic is not well uh, recycled or properly recycled. And as Max was saying, some countries are banning the use of compostable materials because they say that we don't know how to recycle them. Well, I, I think there's a simple solution to that. You just need to educate people. It's not that complicated. I live in California and we have green bins, right? And I bring my compostables to that green bin. 
I have seen no education materials on how to use it. But we're not, we humans learn very fast and we want to do the right way. All citizens want to do the right way when it comes to packaging. And I think, as I said, so when regulators work on sustainable packaging, I think they need to work in three ways. One is to, yes, of course, restrictions to some packaging, but it has to come with education to citizens and it has to come with investment for innovation. Without those two, then it's not going to be a sustainable solution. Yeah, and that's a great point that Tamara is making. The, the trifecta is important. And you know that's what separates us from other animals. We learn really fast. And I think in some countries, they discount the ability of consumers to think critically. I mean, truly, if you label packaging, it's not that hard to put it in a green bin. Right. If, if you have a green bin, like if you have a green bin in California. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And of course, and in, in, in some places it would not be applicable. That's why, you know, when we talk about compostable materials, still very niche, still has lots of issues, but I think there's a bright future for that kind of packaging. I also see, you know, a brighter future for the way we currently use plastic, for example. There are many ways in which it can be improved. There are many ways in which its end of life can be improved. And so, but yes, I think that educating us is a huge part of the equation. I see that a lot because I think that we ultimate people as citizens, we want the best for the environment. We want the best packaging, but we also need to be better educated. And right now, to be honest with you, I dedicate so much of my time and my efforts on packaging and still I feel as a person, as a private citizen, to be malinformed. I also don't know exactly what to do sometimes, what the best solutions are. And I am probably, am surely most informed on packaging than the regular person. So more education there, I think, is key for solving a lot of these issues. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes I'm in a restaurant and there'll be like three bins and I'm standing there with all of my packaging and, and I'm totally confused, you know, and looking at the bottom and trying to figure out like where I put it. And I feel the same way. Like I, I care enough to pay attention and I'm trying to understand, but sometimes it's just like, I just want to throw this stuff away somewhere. So that's, that's interesting. Just one more thing on that. I think that also regulators, if they were better informed about realities of packaging and recyclability, they will write their laws a little bit differently. I am sure of that because if I am confused, I'm sure they are confused as well. If I need more information, I'm sure they need more information as well. So if we're all better informed, I think there will be better laws, more investment in sustainable packaging, and we as citizens will be able to do things in a better way. I want to go on a slightly different tangent and also bring up the fact that you know, agriculture industry has been a commodity industry for a long, long, long time. And over the last couple of decades, we saw this decommodification of the industry. So exciting because this is this is an opportunity for the growers, for the producers to, you know, increase their margin, to compete on value add. And that was a unique opportunity to elevate the industry. And one of the examples were these pre-made salads. If you have a household where both parents work or you know, if you're a single parent who works, you stop by a grocery store, you pick up a bag of salad, you bring it home, and you open the bag and you have a salad ready, right? So it's a great time saving. It's a great solution. 
the and same that only came about through packaging like that was that you know came about through exactly. figuring out packaging yeah and if the only option is to go back to bulk sales that forces the industry back into the commodity the, the red ocean right if we're using the the blue ocean analogy and the only way they can compete is competing on price and we know how that ends the competition price leads to value trade-offs and then we have an inferior product if the only option is to compete on price so i think that goes in hand in hand with what tomorrow was saying is about educating the decision makers because you know we can't undercut the industry that is trying to do so much that has this freshest most nutritious product and then throw it into a very unfavorable competitive environment yeah okay last question so tomorrow let's start with you what are you excited about that you see happening in the realm of sustainable packaging over the next couple of years so one because we just talked about compostable materials so one is the innovation in in compostability and compostable materials to innovation in increasing the recycle content of plastic and recyclability of plastic. And three, reusable material. Oh, so hard for our industry. Max was giving some examples. I want to see many more, but definitely a challenge for our industry, but very excited about that one too. Excellent. Max? I think compostable is going to be very interesting. And um, there is, we need new materials that are, more compostable. And I often say that plastics was probably the best, the most impactful discovery of the last century. We can do so much with plastic. Well, that's why we uh, use it so much is because it exactly. works, right? <laughs> but, you know, how can we use it thoughtfully? Yeah. And, you know, I was a science diver in one of my previous lives. And, you know, one of the most heartbreaking things is, you know, coming up on an uninhabited island and find it just littered with empty water bottles and empty soda bottles and the flip-flops. And it's just so disheartening and devastating. So how can we figure out new materials, reusable, recyclable infrastructure as well? And, you know, I'm excited about the reusable packaging because, you know, this grant is to support development of reusable packaging. I think we should be able to harness the power of AI and machine learning to rethink the supply chain so that we can minimize packaging altogether because uh, sometimes consumers forget that packaging is not just the clamshell. It's the secondary packaging. It's the tertiary packaging. It's the pallets. And all of that is a component of this packaging infrastructure. So how can we optimize supply chains leveraging AI so that we just use less packaging altogether? And then at some point, we need to figure out the trade-offs between food safety and um, sustainability. So educating the decision makers, educating the consumers about the value of food safety, educating our friends in the, you know, the civil society, NGOs, that food safety is not a given if um, things just are sold naked and, you know, in big bulk bins. So we need, we need to figure out many, many questions. And unfortunately, some governments give us only three to five years to sort it out, which could work if, you know, if there is also funding, as Tamara mentioned, that, is associated with this R&D because, you know, it's not the burden and the industry can carry by itself. Or certainly I'm hoping that other countries don't follow the example in Canada where all of a sudden the retailers are in charge of enforcing packaging bans, which puts retailers in an unfair position. They 
weren't warned, they weren't consulted. And now all of a sudden, retailers became the, <laughs> the fourth branch of the government, the enforcement branch. So that's unworkable. We have to come together and think of a workable solution that works toward a common goal of protecting the environment, making the production sustainable, elevating the industry, helping the consumers, and you know, making sure that we honor the commitment that we made to the consumers to deliver the safest, most nutritious product. Great. Well, I think that is a wonderful note to end this podcast and also to end the season. This has been a really important season in talking about green and sustainable packaging and, and all different facets of it. And I would love for everybody to listen to this, not just the produce industry. I mean, it'd be great to have schools listen to all these different facets because as Tamara said, it's complicated and difficult. But I think it's it's worth understanding all these different pieces of it. And so we as consumers and as an industry can make informed decisions and be able to be proactive around the regulations and also reactive around the regulations and, and uh, really protect food safety and the industry. So thank you both for the conversation and thanks for helping me with this whole season. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Vani. That's it for today's Fresh Takes on Tech. This entire season of the podcast focusing on issues associated with green packaging is supported in part by a grant from the USDA FAS Technical Assistance for Specialty Crops program. Eat your vegetables and I'll see you next time.